So I'm so excited uh, about this morning's word. God has been speaking to me about like spending time in his presence, um, being close to him, getting to know God for who he is and what he says about me and what he says about you and what he says about all of us together as the body of Christ. Um, one morning this last week, I was uh, getting ready for work and I was getting in my car and, and, and like, how many of you guys like to binge watch episodes of like shows? Like you'll binge watch Netflix or binge watch YouTube or you'll binge watch something like over like, oh, the next episode, I might as well sit here for another hour, right? And so so I was in the middle of, of getting ready for the morning and, and I was gonna flick on a Netflix TV show and the Holy Spirit said, why don't you binge watch me? And I was like, whoa, what does that mean? <laughs> like binge watch you, like, what does that mean? Like, I, I started to think about it and I started to think about binge watching. That means like, I found a, a definition for it. It says the practice of watching multiple episodes of television programs in rapid succession, typically by means of DVDs or digital streaming. DVDs are kind of out. It's more like digital streaming now, nowadays on our phones, on our devices, on our tablets, on our computers, whatever we have access to, to the interweb. Like, like each one of us can say that we probably spend a lot of time doing this. Yeah? Like kinking your neck, like, ah, 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 trying to stretch your neck out, trying to figure out life. Like, maybe I should take my eyes out of this little six-inch screen and, like, see people around me. How many of you guys have been, in the, been with your parents or, like, put your phone down? Let's have a conversation. Let's talk. Let's hang out. And you're like, but I want to look at this. <laughs> There's this like st internal struggle with within us that says, I want to look at this little device and just keep my eyes focused on that. And so, so the Holy Spirit was telling me, why don't you binge watch me? Why don't you look at what I'm doing? Why don't you, you, you take your attention off of your device and put it on my presence and put it on who I am and put it on what I'm doing. How many of you guys have ever experienced the Holy Spirit? Like you felt his love, you felt his compassion, you felt his warmth. Like sometimes it feels like, a, like an awesome hug of peace over you. Um, like maybe you've experienced like chaos and you guys know one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. So he brings you comfort when you're uncomfortable, right? And so how many of you guys know that life can be uncomfortable? Like, like you can go through things and it's uncomfortable. Like whatever it may be, your emotional status, your, your mental status, whatever it may be, could be uncomfortable, right? But the Holy Spirit brings you comfort. And the comfort is the finished work of Christ, meaning that we have new life in Christ Jesus through what he did on the cross right? Our life is now changed, transformed, renewed under the power of God through, through, through the, the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life and bringing us comfort for what we go through in life, what we face in life. How many guys have ever faced an obstacle in life, like something that was hard to get through, right? And so you, we, as believers, we don't just like give up and say, I'm a victim to my circumstance. What we actually do is we include God and the Holy Spirit and the power of God to work in and through our life to bring comfort to our situation, to bring understanding, wisdom, knowledge, like trying to figure joy even. Sometimes it gets kind of depressing during pandemic season of this world, right, that we're in. So like we're like always looking at a computer screen and like human interaction is lacking. And so sometimes we start to feel a little bit down and a little bit like under, you know, you don't really get to go to school and talk to your friends and talk to your teachers and, and do all those things that you normally would do. 
But now you're, but now you're kind of stuck in your house a lot. You're at your home a lot. You're looking at. See, when I was a kid, like I was never inside the house. You're like, dude, was that like 1956 or something like that? No, it wasn't. It was like 1990 when some of you guys were born then. That's fine. So like, it was like 1990. I, I would go out in the outside. I guess what? I would ride my bike. Whoa, what a concept. <laughs> I would skateboard, right? Do some tricks. Right, I, I used, to, I, used to, I was actually pretty good. I used to be able to ollie over. Uh, you know, what ollieing is. You guys know what that is? Where you like click up and jump with your skateboard. I used to be able to ollie over full-size garbage cans standing upright. I used to be able to ollie up onto picnic tables and do like what they call manual on your back wheel, and you, you go across the picnic table and then land off on the other side. Now I'm a little too heavy. I don't know if I could jump that high, but, but back then I was really good. I would I skateboard all the time. Like like I, I would rather skateboard than do homework. Let's put it that way. Like I would get off school and I would go skateboarding and I would just all the way until dark, like dinner time. Oh, I gotta go home. I, I mean, I was always outside. That was my thing. But now this generation, what I've noticed is this generation doesn't really like to be outside. They'd rather be inside looking at their little six inch screen and like binge watching whatever it is on social media or on Netflix or whatever. So I did a little research. How many guys, how many hours of Netflix a year do you think the average teenager looks at? Woo! <laughs> what do you think? 10? A year? Bro, I think people do that in a day sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, how many, how, many, how many hours do you guys think? Three to six hundred? All right, all right. What do you think, Josiah? Okay, that's 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 a big that's big. That, I mean, that that might be your your uh, extraordinary overachiever Netflix watcher. But so what I found in through my research back in 2019, I'm sure it's actually probably gone up since like most people are spending more time inside and not really outside doing stuff because the because of coronavirus, the corona. Um, the Netflix average user is about 913 hours a year of just <laughs> looking at a screen, right? And then YouTube, how many hours of YouTube do you think that people watch? Good question. Too many to count. No. So the, so what I found is the average hours of both YouTube and even TikTok. How many guys TikTok until you drop? <laughs> just TikTok. It's your sister? Okay. So both of those are about 548 hours a year of TikTok and YouTube. That's just 548. I, I mean, I, I, if you, someone wants to do the math, how many how many hours a day is that? 24 hour period. That's probably like six to seven hours a day on, like if you average out those, it's probably like five to, to maybe seven hours a day of just glued to a screen, right? A, a small screen, you know, in your phone, your device, your whatever. So we're, we're, all of us can admit, how many guys admit that you binge watch? Like, like shows, like social media, like, like whatever it is sitting there with the, how many guys watch your phone more than you watch TV? You watch your TV more? Okay. So, so many of us, I mean, so I, I averaged it out. Actually, I, actually, I did do the math. <laughs> I averaged it out five and a half hours a day just on those three platforms of, of, of usage. So that's about five and a half hours of your day in a 24-hour period 
uh, and you're only awake. You're not awake for all 24 hours of that, right? You're only awake from probably like 8 until like maybe 9 or 10 o'clock at night, unless your parents don't care what time you go to bed and you stay up until whenever you want and, and probably watch Netflix until you like pass out and it's still going next episode next episode and you wake up at like three in the morning like oh geez it's like episode 10 i stopped on like episode three i've been sleeping forever right and so so like like we get stuck in this vortex of binge watching nonsense that doesn't do anything for our spirit doesn't fill us up doesn't make us joyful doesn't give us a reason to live it just numbs us to just existing to just looking at the next episode like we are we we find ourselves like how many guys feel like after you get done watching your phone and netflix and all that stuff for hours how many of you guys feel really joyful and excited about life when you're done like you, you don't find that you're more irritable you don't find that you're more like easily agitated see what my experience is this is i've noticed that my like like in my family when i see people that uh, that we watch a lot of tv or we watch a lot of videos on our phones or, or we are constantly glued to it that i'm talking about video i'm not talking about like good stuff i'm talking about like just mind-numbing television shows that that do nothing for you so so like those don't really stoke up or or promote goodness and godliness in your life they actually just completely numb you out right and so like i watch a lot of youtube but i watch preaching i watch worship videos i watch things that like actually build my spirit up to like develop me as a man of God. I, I don't want to just put nonsense in my eyeballs to then fill my heart and then make me think and live a certain way that I don't want to live, right? How many guys want to live in the way that God wants you to live? Like you want your life to just, you want your life to have purpose. You want your life to mean something. Like you want to actually do, do something to like help other people out because of what God's doing in you, right? And so that's, that's living outside yourself. Many of us live for ourselves and we're trying to figure out how to, to give ourselves and devote ourselves to God, to live for God. And in, in living for God, you actually live for the success of others. Like, I, like, like Christianity is not self-help. Christianity is, is dying to yourself. Jesus said this, if you want to follow me, you must die to yourself, take up your cross and follow me, right? Many of us are living for ourselves, but God says he wants us to die to ourself. When, when all you're doing is fulfilling your needs, your own needs, you, you always end up wanting more and more and more. How many of you guys feel more fulfilled when you do something nice for somebody else and you see like the joy on their face? You see they feel like they're cared about. How many of you guys love it when people do the same thing for you? Like they go out of their way to show you they care about you, they love you. That's, that's how we're supposed to live. We actually, because we, we are actually more whole as an individual living to, 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 uh, to love and care for other people than we are just to live in love and care for ourselves. The Bible, the, the first, the first, the, the commandment, the great commandment is love the Lord God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say love yourself as your neighbor. It says love your neighbor as yourself, right? But you can only love yourself if you've actually fully loved God. And when you fully love God, you can now love your neighbor rightly or your friends or your family or whoever's in your, in your circle of influence. So I want to I wanna help you guys this morning and I want to help you with understanding what it means to binge watch Jesus, what it means to binge watch the Holy Spirit. Um, it says this in Matthew 5, 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The pure in heart, for they will see God. Our heart is pure because Jesus comes and, and lives in our heart with the Holy Spirit. And, and it says this, uh, um, I'm going to move on, but there's a point I want to make. It says your eyes are connected to your heart. So what are you looking at? 
Your eyes are connected to your heart. Like what you look at fills your heart. What you stare at, what you fill your life with fills your heart. If you're constantly looking at negative things, how many of you guys know like right now there's a lot of negative nonsense going on in social media? If you're constantly feeding that to your spirit and your mind, what do you think your outlook on life is going to be? It's all over. Oh my gosh. The world is coming to an end. Can you believe it? Right? So, I mean, and especially right now in the presidential election, some people are losing their mind. Some people are super excited. Some people think like life is over, right? But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is still king. He is still on his throne. He hasn't left, right? And so, so we serve a God that, that surpasses the kingdoms of this world or the United States. Like God is over the world, right? And so I serve God. I don't serve the United States. I love Jesus, right? And so the reason I can say that, that, that your, your heart is pure, uh, uh, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God, is because the eyes are connected to the heart. And I'm going to prove it to you in Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. It says this. It says, does anybody have a Bible they want to open their Bible to? Like, in this, there's some on the tables. You guys can open them up, utilize. If you have a cell phone that has a Bible app, I'm cool with you using the Bible app only for, for this morning. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23 in the NIV New International Version uh, of the Bible. I want to encourage you guys to read your Bibles. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a point here, and you guys are going to laugh. It's pretty funny. But So Matthew is the first book of the Gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Right? Um, all right, let me know if you guys are there. You guys good? Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. It says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. What does is, what is it say that your eyes are connected to your what? Your heart, right? The heart is the internal person of who you are. I'm not talking about your physical muscle that pumps blood through your body. I'm talking about the internal person of who you are, okay? And I'm not talking about this either, right? I'm talking, you know, heart hands. I'm not talking about that either. I'm talking about you to the core, who you are as an individual, right? It says this, the eye is a lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. So what's that saying? If you're looking at something, like if you're putting, so when you're looking, what I'm talking about is bringing your attention to, to God, bringing your attention to the Holy Spirit, bringing your attention to the Word of God, bringing your attention to what God is doing, like looking at life through a lens of what God is doing, and not just binge-watching Netflix, not just binge-watching social media, not just binge-watching whatever else that you decide to binge-watch, right? And it says this, but if your eyes are unhealthy, your body, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness so what is it saying it's saying this if all you're looking at is is stuff that doesn't produce the life of god in you you are going to have darkness on the inside of you producing the the opposite of what god wants to produce through in, in your life see we make sometimes we make christianity about behavior do the right thing be a good person come on be nice right like how many of you guys have heard that do the right thing. Be nice. Be a good person. None of those things get you to heaven. Doing the right thing does not get you to heaven. Being nice does not get you to heaven. See, the fruit in your life of, 
of being kind, of being, of being loving, of being caring, the fruit in your life is that relationship with Christ Jesus, Him working in you to cause that in your life. Otherwise, you're just being nice to get what you want. Anybody been there? I'm only nice to you because you have what I want. I'm only doing my chores because I get an allowance, not because I really want to. <laughs> I'm only nice to my parents because they said if I'm mean, I don't get to go do whatever the, the, the fun thing is to do. I'm only, see, I'm talking about heart motivation. I'm talking about the internal person. I'm talking about what you're looking at, what, you're, what your heart is looking at, what you're putting your attention on and your focus on. When I say binge watch Jesus or binge watch the Holy Spirit, I'm saying this, is Christ the supreme focus of your heart? Is what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life the supreme focus? Is that what you actually worship on a day-to-day basis? Or do you just go with the flow and do whatever's happening and like just allow life to dictate where you're at in life? Like, like whatever has happening in your emotions, that becomes your reality. It's no longer the God that made you and created you and formed you in His image to have a certain way of being. It's not that anymore. It's just whatever you feel. Are your feelings your God? Are your emotions your God? Right? Because I'm talking about a God that surpasses all of that. I'm talking about a God that says, when life gets hard, what do you see? When life gets rough, when things get like, ah, I don't know about this, what, what do you actually see? What brings your heart to a focus to, to growing in the Lord? What, what, what pulls you out of the nonsense? See, I've, I've been through a few things in my life, and the only thing... The only thing that, that has ever pulled me out of whatever situation that I've been in, whether it's, whether it's uh, uh, bad medical reports, whether it's, it's me being in, in, in a sinful time in my life and not really giving my life to Christ, it, whether, whatever it might be, whatever the situation is, the only thing that has ever brought me out of those situations is God. The only thing that's ever saved my mind from, from, from thinking corrupt thoughts that have taken me down paths that I don't want to go. The only thing that has, has ever lifted me out of that situation is the working of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so I've, I've chosen in my life to learn how to binge watch the Holy Spirit. I've chosen in my life to learn how to binge watch the presence of God. Meaning, God, what are you doing? Like every day I walk around work and I'm asking Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to talk to? Who is this person right here? I'll go talk to them. Like I've prayed for people at work and they've gotten healed. I've prayed for people at work and they've received Jesus. I I, I look for opportunities for God to be famous in everything I do. And I'm not bragging on myself. I'm saying this, that God is so good that he, he's, uh, he's willing to work through my life to change somebody else. And I want to lay my life down for that. Right? I, I want to live a life that, that, that creates a, a habitation of God's presence so that whenever you guys get around me, you feel God. It's not just me being charismatic or me having an infectious personality. <laughs> I don't care about that. I want you to feel Jesus. I want you to know God is real. I want you guys to experience God for yourself, not just the God your parents talk about. I want you to have a real walk with God. I want you to have, instead of corporate encounters, I want you to have daily personal encounters with Jesus. And I'm trying to help you get there. I'm trying to help you understand it. So I want to ask you guys a question. A question here. Because I hear so many people say, I don't have time. How many guys don't have time to read the Bible? Oh, good answer. 
How many, how many of you guys feel like you just don't have time to do this or time to do that? Or how many of you guys just waste time? <laughs> Binge watching Netflix and social media and whatever else, right? And so, so I want to ask you guys a question. If you guys don't have, the, if you guys don't put the effort or the time into reading the Bible or, or, or that, so what do you think you have to do? You have to adjust your priorities. You have to adjust what you, what you value. Right? You have to adjust what you, what you put supreme in your life. If Christ is supreme in your life, if the Word of God is the, 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 the best thing ever, if the Word of God is there, then, then your value follows what you put up above everything else. If you value Jesus, you will put Him up there. If you value prayer, if you value reading your Word, you'll put it up there above everything. You'll read the Word and you'll say, this, well, God, what does your Word say about this situation? I know what I feel, but what does your word say? I know what I'm experiencing, but what does your word say? Right? I know what I see, but what does your word say? So I want to, I want to say this. How many of you guys go to the bathroom? Everybody goes to the bathroom. If you go to the bathroom, how many of you guys bring your phone in there when you go to the bathroom? Okay, there's, it's called a Bible app. Called a Bible app. If you don't find time to like watch, read the Bible, and actually uh, the Bible app sometimes will actually read it to you as well. Wow! So you don't actually have to put a whole lot of eye strain and effort. You can just listen, right? And so, so I'm saying this. I'm saying this. Instead of scrolling through through social media while you're on the toilet and you're going to the bathroom, why don't you flip up the Bible app and read the Word? Why don't you put on some worship and just like be in God's presence while you go to the bathroom? Is that weird? I don't know. I do it all the time. I love God's presence. I, I, I find myself at work sometimes where I'm just, I'm walking around, I'm with my, my coworkers and, and we're dealing with situations and I get, I, I get, I, I find sometimes the situations are high intensity because I do, I work with uh, the criminally insane uh, mental, have mental uh, uh, issues. I, I work with those folks and sometimes we deal with like high acuity, violent issue, situations where we have to go break up fights. We have to go talk to people and sometimes those things can really rattle you on the inside. So I find myself a lot like going and getting alone in one of the bathrooms. I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm just in there with the door locked and just like praying and asking God to just get my focus right, keep my heart right, keep me calm, keep me focused so that I can do, do my job. So, so here's the thing. We all have time to read our Bible. We all have time to, to put God first. We all have time to, to make sure God is supreme in our life. Is he supreme in your life? Is he supreme? Is he the biggest thing ever? Is he the thing that you focus, do you wake up loving Jesus? Do you wake up like, wow, God, you're amazing. Am I losing you guys? Because I feel like I'm losing you guys. Okay. Do you, do you wake up excited about life? Yeah, I'm asking, it's not rhetorical. Do you wake up excited about life? Yes. Do you wake up like, like, wow. Today is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's a Bible verse, <laughs> right? Do you wake up excited about what God's doing? Do you wake up like, God, are you kidding me? This is a whole another day that I get to just be in your presence? This is amazing. It's amazing. Like, I get in the, I wake up, and I, I'm, you know, wiping the sleepers out of my eyes, and I'm walking to the shower, and I'm just like, whoa, just don't kick anything, because that hurts. And so, you know, you, like, kick the corner of the bed, and I get in the shower, and the hot water hits me, I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. 
I'm serious. Every morning, I'll flick on some worship, and I'll just be in the, in, in the presence of God, taking a shower, just thanking Jesus, cleaning my soul and cleaning my armpits. Like, it's great. I love it, right? Like, God's presence is so good, right? And so I'm in there just enjoying God's presence. Um, uh, then, then, I'll, then I'll turn on some worship, and I'll start blow-drying my hair and blow-drying my beard, and I'm just worshiping Jesus, just in His presence. Like, hey, once you guys grow a beard, you'll understand. It's okay. And so... Even for you ladies, it's all good. It's not, not a big deal. And so, so like God's presence is always there. Here's the thing. The Bible says this. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, how many of you guys have ever said, I don't know where God went. I can't feel God. You ever felt that? Like you felt like God was far away. You don't really know. Like, uh, okay, let me ask you this. Did he leave? What left? What do you think left? Anybody can answer. It's all good. You left? Yeah. Your heart affection, your heart focus. So like, for, like, for, for example, when you're in a time of worship, yeah, everybody give her a hand. Give Olivia number number one or two, whichever one you two number two. A hand. Oh, you guys could fight over that. <laughs> but those are the two Olivias. Um, so here's the thing: God never leaves. Our affection, our devotion, and our focus on Him gets diverted. So we start focusing on other things. Therefore, then God feels far away, or we have a lot of sin going on in our life, and then we feel far away from God. Because that sin has driven a wedge in between us and God. And we don't feel worthy of being in God's presence. Right? But I want to tell you, that's a lie. God has made a way through the Son of, Christ, the Son of God, the blood of Jesus, where there was no way to make it to where you could be in God's presence and you could be with Him. Right? And so, so don't believe that lie. So, and what are you looking at? What are you focused on? What are you binge watching? In, in 2 Kings, if you guys want to turn there, it's in the Old Testament. 2 Kings, chapter 6, verses 15 through 18. 2 Kings, chapter 6, verses 15 through 18. When the servant of God, when the servant, uh, oh, I'm sorry. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army of horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And his response was, Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? What was he looking at? What was he looking at? He was looking at the horses, the chariots, and the fire. He was looking at all these different things. He was looking at all these different things that that uh, can be uh, something that would take our focus off what, like it could be like an enemy force is coming at us. Right? He's looking at the fiery chariots. chariots. He's looking at the horses. He's looking at the power of the obstacle they were getting ready to face. He wakes up and he goes, oh no, what are we going to do? Oh no, how many of you guys have ever looked at life and said, oh no. <laughs> oh no, what are we going to do? Oh no, this sucks. <laughs> this is not good, right? This feels awful, right? And so he said, oh no, what are we going to do? The servant asked. And then Elijah said this, said this to him. He said, um, he said uh, I'm sorry, Elisha. Uh, he said this, he said, don't be afraid. The, the prophets have answered. Those who are with us are more than, though, than those who are with them. So he's saying this. Don't be afraid of what you see. 
Because who is with us is greater than our enemy. Don't be afraid of what you're looking at. How many of you guys have seen something and you felt yourself going into fear? Like that's scary, right? Like this pandemic thing is, could be scary. The thought, right? Could be scary. Like it looks like it could just destroy us, right? And we could be scared. But he said this, don't be afraid because, because who is with us is more than who is with them. The enemy we were facing in life, the, the Satan and his, his evil, evil armies and things we're facing in life, who is with us is greater than who is with them. And, and I want to prove it to you. He said this, then Elisha prayed. He, and he, he was praying, he's saying, God, help us see what you're doing. So how many of you guys know in every circumstance, in every situation, God is always doing something? He's always in the mix. He's always in the background. He's always doing something in our life. But beyond our even ability to see it all, like God is always working through us and always working for us. And he's never working against us. He's always wanting to produce his purposes in our life. And the only way we can see that is if we can get our heart right to look at what God is looking at. If we always see as a problem, always see as a situation, always see as the obstacle, we're not looking at God, we're looking at the obstacle. And therefore we make the obstacle at that moment, we're facing at that moment something that's elevated above God's ability. And then our faith starts to decrease in what God can do. Our, our belief in who God is and what God says starts to decrease based on what we're seeing and what we're facing, allowing that to tell us more than who God is. It's, it, we're looking at life and we're saying, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How do I do this? God, what do I need to do here? How do I face this? Right? And saying this, God, you, you're going to make a way. God, you're going you're to make it happen. God, I believe in what you're doing. And so Elisha prayed. He said, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. How many guys, like, like we see the problem. We see the issue. We see the situation. But God wants to show us something different. He wants to show us his plan. He wants to show us his way. He wants to show us a way through what we're going through. And so open his eyes. Or so God, oh, like, like this is say, God, come on, say, God, use your, use your voices. Say, God, open my eyes to see what you're doing. Like, like, what's funny about that? That's, that's, that's not silly. That's, that's how we should live our life. God, I want to see what you see. I want to hear what, you, what you're saying. I want to walk in the way that you want. Like, that's, that's how we are to, to walk as believers. Jesus was the example. And the Bible says that he didn't do anything or say anything unless God told him to do it or say it. So our lives, if we're not living that way, we're living for whatever we feel in the moment. We're not living for God. We're living for ourselves. So we need to flip that around and change that, right? So God, open my eyes to see what you're seeing. So, so I, I want to see what you have. It says, then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. Everybody say this. Say, I'm a servant. Come on, I want some authority. Wake up. I'm a servant of the Most High God. Say, I'm a servant of the Most High God. Open my eyes, God. I want to see what you see. <laughs> it's good, right? And so, so he said this, Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses, of chariots, of fire, all around Elisha. 
As the enemy came, to, came towards him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness, and Elisha, as Elisha asked. God, he, he, he's, it's like, like, like the enemy is coming at you, and you're like, no, absolutely not. God, strike him with blindness. Like, I want to see what you see. I want to see the angel armies around me. I want to see, like, like, like the, 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 this is a battle that we're facing. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against spirits, principalities, and powers. So there's a real evil, evil out there that's trying to, to take our focus off of God and put it on us and put it on what we're facing in life and put it on situations and, and not, not look at God. So what is our perspective and what is our soul binging on? What is our soul binge watching? Is our soul binge watching fear? Is our soul binge watching uh, anxiety? Is our soul binge watching uh, whatever? What's going on in the internal person of who you are? Do you find yourself constantly down? Do you find yourself never really like getting over the hump of, of life? Like you just feel, uh, right? You feel stuck. Right? And God is saying that he's making a way where there was no way. And I, I want to tell you that, that like, like there have been many of people in history that have faced situations and circumstances that are the same as yours or worse than yours or whatever. There are people currently right now that are facing things worse than what you're facing. Like there's someone always facing something in life and, and they have a choice to make that the most important thing, meaning that thing is overtaking my life. Or they have a choice to say, God, you're supreme. And whatever I'm facing, I know that you'll make a way out of it. Whatever I'm, whatever I'm looking at, I know that you're going to make a way through this situation. And I want to tell you that God is always making a way. So there's a man of God named John Wesley. John Wesley, uh, he, started, he started a revival called the First Great Awakening. The First Great Awakening. It was, it was an awakening of the spirit in culture. It was an awakening of the Spirit of God in culture. See, right now, I believe that we need an awakening in our, in our culture. We need an awakening in our spirits. We need an awakening where the Spirit of God becomes the most vibrant thing that we're focused on over the things that we're looking at, over the things that we're facing. That in culture, we need an awakening. We need an awakening to see people in a way that we bring value to each individual person. We need an awakening that builds a bridge in communication of how we love and care for other people. We need an awakening where, where the, the Word of God becomes the supreme thing, where the Holy Spirit starts to work in us through miracles, signs, and wonders, and power, and that we, we actually are able to communicate with each other in a way of love and, and care and, and lifting up each other over ourselves. We need an awakening in our spirits. So John Wesley, he was, he was alive from 1703 to 1791. And uh, he was a British theo theologian. See, so a theologian is just like the study of the Word of God. He was a British theologian and a, the founder of Meth Methodism. So it's a Methodist church. He was a key figure in, evangel in the ev evangelical movement in 1730 and, uh, and 1740s. Known in 13 colonies as the First Great Awakening. So he, he, spent, he spent like 10 years traveling and preaching the gospel and, and, and spreading the word of God and, and doing these things. And, and this after a while, he started to feel like, what is the point? This is not, people aren't being invigorated. People are just like looking at me like I'm crazy. Like I'm just talking about God and they're just kind of like, I just got my life to live. I just got my things to do. Like, what is this guy? I mean, some of you right now are probably even thinking that. Like, I'd rather be 
watching Netflix. <laughs> I'd rather be scrolling through Instagram. I'd rather be watching TikTok. I, I don't even know what this bearded old man's talking about. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the power of God changing your life. I'm talking about you walking into, stepping into the very purpose and destiny that God's called you to walk in. I'm talking about the power of God working in and through your life. I'm talking about you understanding your value in God and reaching into other people's lives and showing them that they're valuable. I'm talking about you binge-watching Jesus to where you now, are, uh, you, when you walk in the room, you change the temperature of the room because of the power of God that resides on the inside of you. I'm talking about you being activated in the power of God, knowing who God is, knowing what you're called to do, knowing that your body is a vessel for the Most High God that wherever you go God goes because you're with God because you know God will never leave you nor forsake you and you're binge watching the presence of God wherever you go that's what I'm talking about I'm talking about the power of God so so, so John Wesley found himself in a place of like oh what's going on I don't get it this is frustrating I feel like I'm just talking to a wall I feel like I'm speaking to dead air no one's hearing me I feel like nothing's trans transforming in people's lives I don't get it what's going on and then he started to, he started to, uh, uh, it says this, he had a spiritual condition. He was distressed as to his own spiritual condition. Wesley almost quit the ministry, but faith started to rise up in him because he became obsessed with preaching the gospel. After talking to a friend, this guy, guy was part of the Moravians, which was like a, a worshiping a community. He, he, so he started talking to a friend. The friend encouraged him to keep going, man. Keep going. God is working in you. God is with you. Like I'm telling you guys, God is with you. God is working in you. God is always doing something. He's always moving. He's always wanting to speak to your heart. He's always wanting to share his love with you. He's always wanting to share his compassion with you. God is always doing something. So John Wesley started to go, okay, God, if that's what you're doing. So he started to be encountered by God. And what he, it says is his heart started to catch on fire. Like, not like literal fire, like, like passionate. Like he started to just feel the warmth of God in his heart. So he started to be moved with compassion to go after these things and not just talk about it, but be about it. So John began, began the revival by preaching under the conviction that it was possible to intimately experience God. He traveled approximately 20,000 20, miles a year via horse. To preach the gospel. I'm not talking about getting in the car and driving or flying from one destination to the other. I'm talking about riding a horse on horseback 20,000 miles a year to preach the gospel. How many of you guys have ever ridden a horse? 20,000 miles? Probably not. <laughs> Maybe like two <laughs> in a day, right? So I'm talking about 20,000 miles. How many of you guys, what's the farthest you've ridden a horse? Huh? Okay, okay, so you didn't really ride them for like distances, you just did like, that's cool, that's cool, that's good to know, that's pretty cool. You don't meet very many horse competitors. <laughs> no, that's awesome. But so, so like, but you would say like, like that's a long time, that's a, that's a far, 20,000 miles in a year? That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a huge trot. <laughs> right? That's far on a horse, right? And so he was so, he was so invigorated with faith through what God was doing inside of him that he's like, I have to go and preach this gospel. I have to get this out. I have to do this. So here's, here's a quote by John, by John Wesley. He says, catch on fire with enthusiasm and the people for miles will come and watch you burn. 
He's not talking about physical fire. He's talking about passionately loving Christ, knowing that you could be intimately encountered by God inside you, that God can encounter you individually to where you are so driven by what God is saying and doing. Could you imagine at your generation, at your age, if you were so invigorated by the power of God, that God was, you understood the God that you serve, and you had a greater understanding, and you started moving in, in just this authority that you never thought you had. You wouldn't be insecure anymore. You'd be totally secure in what God says about you. How many of you guys have ever felt insecure? Me too. But the only time I feel really secure is when I devote myself to the presence of God. I, I'm not afraid to step out in faith. I'm not afraid. I might be afraid, but, I, but I'm counting on the Holy Spirit to meet my need. I'm not letting fear dictate me and tell me where to go. I'm letting, I'm letting fear be a, a sign of, of go after God. I'm letting fear be, be something that, that drives me to God. I'm letting my emotional status drive me to God. I'm letting the anxiety that I feel drive me to God. I'm letting the depression I feel drive me to God, not away from God. I'm letting the anger I feel drive me closer to God. I'm letting the, the whatever the emotion is, I'm letting it drive me to God. I want to binge watch God's presence. I want to binge watch who he is. So John Wesley said, to catch on fire with enthusiasm and the people will come for miles to watch you burn. What I'm saying is this. I'm saying that if you, life, if you live a life of so, so devoted to Jesus and you're always searching after his presence, you're always searching after him, you're always going after him, people are going to notice that. They're going to notice that you're different. Like, like you, you don't, talk like everybody else like there's something different about you like when you pray for people oh my gosh I feel it in my heart like when you when, when you start talking about Jesus I could tell that you really love him like when you start talking about deeply about what you care about I can feel it I'm talking about people coming for miles to watch the power of God work through each one of you that's the kind of influence that God wants to give this generation he wants a grassroots movement of, of you guys infiltrating your schools, of you guys infiltrating your culture through the power of God working on the inside of you, knowing that you're there for a purpose and not just flailing around with every other student, but, but knowing that God has a reason for you to be there, knowing that you're there to shine the gospel of Jesus, knowing that you're there to share the love of God. See, the gospel or the good news of God is, the, is, a powerful, is powerful because it can transform you. The gospel is for transformation. The good news of Christ is for transformation. How many of you guys grew up in church? How many of you guys are on fire for God? How many of you guys passionately love Jesus? Why not? Why aren't your hands raised? Why aren't you clapping? Why aren't you excited? Why aren't you like, oh my gosh, I want God? I'm telling you right now because our ears become dull to what people say when it talks, comes to God. We've just, we've just maintained. We've just become mundane in our faith in God. We've just like float under the radar. We had just pursue. We just go to church because our parents bring us there. It's just a part of our normal. We just come and sit down and listen to this old bearded guy talk. And we just hopefully like, I don't know why I'm even here. I'm not hating on you guys. I just, I want you guys to know that God loves you and there's more for you. God wants, God is always pursuing you. Are you pursuing him? God is always in pursuit of your heart. He's always in pursuit of your affections. Are you pursuing him? Are you binge watching him? Is he the most supreme being in your life? Are you going after him? Or are you just doing what everybody else does and just going along with the, the herd of cattle of, of, of life? God has a plan for you.
God has a purpose for you. God has something for you bigger than you. And the only way you're going to get to it is if you love him. The only way you're going to get to it is if you say, Jesus, not my will, but your will. The only way you're going to get to it is say, God, I, I give my whole life over to you. Whatever it takes, God. I'm not talking about being an emotional person. I'm talking about be a, being a very uh, 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 methodically planned out person that says, I give my life to Jesus. And your habitual life, day to day, equals a lifestyle of Christian. Where everything you do, the small things that you do, equal a bigger picture of what so 10 times a day you have a schedule of 10 different things you do during a day is God included in any one of those things you have a thing that you do every day reading your word praying worshiping whatever it is the time you spend on on the internet the time you spend watching tv the time you spend what is God included in any of that Right? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about reinvigorating your faith. Like get so get so frustrated with the mundane. Get so frustrated with like God, this doesn't make sense. I don't want this. I don't want some fake Christianity. I don't want people talking about God's God's miracle signs and wonders. And all of a sudden I you know, I don't want any of that. All of a sudden I'm in this place where where I'm like, God, where'd you go? Like I heard about I've heard God my whole life. I've heard Jesus my whole life, but my heart feels numb to his presence. My mind feels closed off to the to the authority of God. I don't even read my Bible. I don't even like getting God's presence on a daily basis. Like, God, where am I at? I'm talking about you reinvigorating your faith to know that Christ is for you. He's not against you, that he has a plan for you. I'm trying to stoke some fires in you. I'm not mad at you. I love you. God loves you. I'm trying to get you guys to see that God wants a relationship with you and he wants it a passionate, deep relationship where your heart is passionately caught on fire for his presence. Living a life of the Holy Spirit, of Jesus, of God, being the supreme in your life. You guys may hate me after this, but I'm going to tell you the truth. You may not want to ever listen to another word I say, another message I teach, but I am going to, every time you come in front of me, I'm going to say the same thing. Get alone with Jesus. What do I mean? Go in your room, close the door, Matthew 6, 6. Pray to your Father who's in secret, and your Father who's in secret will bless you in the open. I'm going to tell you to get alone with God. I'm not going to tell you to listen to everybody else's God. Don't listen to the one I'm talking about. Go and get to know God for yourself. Take your Bible, go in your room, close your door. Ask God to show you himself through the word. Ask Holy Spirit to meet you in your, in your room. You guys, there's more power in than what you do when you walk with God than what, what, people have, what you hear people say. That's their experience. See, I had this vision one time of this guy that was in his room and he was like on his knees at the feet of his bed just worshiping Jesus just in his presence saying I love you Jesus I worship you God I exalt you on high Lord his heart was like like being invigorated God I just I lift your name above everything God I exalt you I lift you up God I just I just want you to be supreme in my life and so as I as I was seeing this guy worship I was like wow this is a really beautiful moment this guy is really in the presence of God and all of a sudden I see another person come and look into his window like, that's creepy. But hey, guess what? That's what we do as believers. We see somebody that's on fire for God. We see somebody that's passionately searching after God. And we're looking through the window of their life. But we don't really have that intimate connection in the secret place. We're saying, oh, wow, they're, they're passionate. That's all we need. It's called Christian voyeurism. You're looking at other people's intimacy with God. 
Get passionate. Go after Jesus. Binge watch his presence. Watch him change your life. Watch him change you so much that your parents are like, wow, you're a different kid. What's going on? You're like, mom, I just love Jesus. Mom, I just, I just, I don't know. Like, like when I was in high school, and I know I'm not advocating ditching school, but when I was in high school, I actually ditched school to come home to get in God's presence, to get in his word. Actually, I, got, I went in my room and I just started worshiping Jesus. I was in there by myself, like, God, I love you. I worship you. I honor you. I adore you, Jesus. Lord, just show me who you are in your presence, God. I want to know you. I put on worship. I was in my room by myself. No one was looking. I don't care what people think of me when it comes to that kind of stuff. I don't care if you think it's funny. I, I literally got, got alone with God and it changed my life and it changed who I am on the inside. And I, and I actually, I, 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 I left a note for my mom. I actually left for the afternoon to go to a friend's house for a Bible study. This is when I was in like 10th grade. And I said, God, I said, Mom, I, I'm sorry I ditched school today. I, I had to be come, alone, come home and be alone with God. I had to be in His presence. So I got alone in God's presence. And He started to change my life. He started to shape me. He started to transform me. And I wrote this letter. And I actually I have a picture of the letter in my, in my phone from, from 1998 when I, was, when I was getting ready to graduate. Actually, I was a, I was a senior in high school. I wasn't in 10th grade. And so I'm saying this, that God wants to encounter you on a daily basis. Do you know that he wants to encounter you? Do you know that God has a plan for you? Do you know that God has a way for you to, to, to live? I'm, I'm telling you guys, today is the day the Lord has made, and you should rejoice and be glad in it. I'm telling you that God has, has provision for you. God has a way through for you guys. And I, I appreciate that you guys are giving me just a little bit more attention here to hear what I have to say. But I, I, I'm going to ask you this. Do you want to serve God with passion? Do you want to give your whole life to Jesus? Do you want to give up, give up yourself and give yourself over to Christ? This morning, I'm going to ask you to stand up for me. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to, just like Elisha prayed for his servant, I'm going to ask God to open your eyes. Go ahead and stand up for me this morning and put your hands out. I'm going to ask Holy Spirit to show you guys who he is and what he's doing. Put your hands out just in an attitude of receiving from the Holy Spirit. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray right now that you open their eyes. I pray that you open their eyes to see the angel armies, the chariots of fire, the, the horses and, the, and, and the, all the things that the prophets have prophesied over us, Lord. I pray that they see the work of God on the, on the outskirts of their life, God. That they see that they're surrounded by a, a real God. That they're surrounded by a real presence of God. They're surrounded by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you just start to show them who they are in Christ Jesus. You start to see the, help them see the transformation in their heart, Lord. I ask right now this, this morning, God, that you show them that they're worth your, 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 your cross. You show them they're worth your presence. You show them they're worth what you did for them, God. I ask right now that whatever they're facing in life, Lord, that you become bigger than that situation they're facing. That they see that your hand is in the midst of it. They see that you're doing something bigger and greater than what they have. Holy Spirit, I ask right now, we just humble our hearts before you. And we just, as in humility, God, humility brings your presence. So in humility, Right now, in humility, God, we just humble our hearts before you and ask you, Holy Spirit, to show us your goodness. Visit us in our rooms, God. Visit us when we're alone, God. I ask your presence would visit us when we're alone by ourselves, Jesus. Visit us in our dreams, God. Give us vision, Lord, for our generation. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for each student in this room. I just ask, Lord, that as they go out, that they start to see differently. They hear differently. And they sense your presence on a daily basis. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.